Shalom, everybody, and welcome to the Shai Fleischer Show, broadcasting live from Judea to the world. You're a part of it wherever you are. Shalom, and welcome to our fabulous living room here in Judea. Malka Fleischer joins me. Malka, shalom, and welcome. Shalom, Yishai. I'm so glad that you like our living room. I like our living room. And because you're going to be here <laughs> some more. Yes, I will be here some more because of the impeding lockdown. Impe- Impeding? impeding? No, not impeding. impeding. Impending, impending, not impeding. Impeding is the opposite. Right, it's like just the, an N. Yeah, no, I'm, yeah, impending lockdown in which um, they're promising up to two weeks of a lockdown. No, no, oh no, no, you said that wrong. Oh, again, I said it wrong. Not up to two weeks, at least, at least two, two weeks. weeks. Oh my gosh! Yeah, here we go, guys. We're, so first of all, wait, maybe we should go backwards. I hope everyone had a really nice Hanukkah. Right. And this is our first post Hanukkah show. Yes. We didn't even do a Hanukkah show. Which we was very there. rare. I skipped a yeah, show. Yeah, that is very rare. I like, I, I don't know when the last time I skipped a show is. And even when I'm traveling, I, I usually do a show. Um, traveling. Yeah. Remember that? Uh, anyway. <laughs> do you remember those videos that came out at the beginning of Corona where people would like pretend that they were on an airplane yeah. by going they would go on the like automated sidewalk by going on their treadmills and they would like look at tvs through or the laundry machine laundry would be machine the, yeah that was funny yeah i missed that yeah it's not as funny anymore i, I you know but you know funny. i i do miss i i, I miss traveling because just part of my life right um but i've also enjoyed the the time at home and not traveling and i i guess for me and this is i guess uh, uh, could be an instructive thought for other people as well I have understood this time for me personally as a type of Shabbat Haaretz, which is a uh, sabbatical sabbatical year. That's how I understood it, like a forced sabbatical year upon the land, upon Israel. For example, yesterday I was on a fabulous tour around the old city walls uh, of a course that I'm taking about touring the Temple Mount. Tons of information, tons of stuff. The only problem was is that is it just to retain all the amazing information about the different walls around the temple now it wasn't i did i say around the old city what i meant was around the temple mount okay Malka. so we started at the davidson center right which is the southern excavations learned about the different you went around the the inner walls basically let's 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 say it in the most exact ledeyek as we say in okay. hebrew ledeyek that means to exact to be exacting yeah we went around the temple mount walls the second temple temple mount walls right that's okay. what we did so we like went, the western wall the eastern wall like right that. so we start okay. we barely touched the regular western wall plaza we did the southern wall then we went east where the arab graveyard east where the arab graveyard is and then we went wet north of the temple mount walls mm-hmm. and we saw the various gates that the arabs have today Shara uh, Shvatim, Shara Kutna, all these uh, different gates that they have onto the Temple Mount platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, and anyway, we learned it. But the one thing I was so noticeable is like, wow, there's not a lot of people in the old city of Jerusalem. And right, usually, it's quiet. Usually it's packed. It's. A, I think it's around the time right now is around the time, I think, of the Light Fest. No, the Light Festival is no, in the summer. No, but it is almost the time of that Christian holiday called uh, Christmas. Yes. You know, and we went down. You, you tend to forget about these things. Now, yeah. now, now, I didn't have any like pains or, or I didn't have any stations or any problems, but I did go down the Via Della Rosa, okay? <laughs> because that is a regular street down uh, down the old city. Yeah, it's a nice street. Just, it's it's uh, open to the public. Right. Now, it's, it, a, it's a thoroughfare from the um, Lion's Gate. Right. Into the rest of the old city. Correct. So so here I am walking down the Via De La Rosa. Uh, from time to time I stopped to, you know, you know Did you feel <laughs> did you feel anything, Yeshai? Did you feel 
Did you feel <laughs> like you could save the world? But you know what I did notice, though? What I did notice was that uh, the stores are closed. The stores are closed. Uh, the, all the shops that are the tourist shops are closed. So that was very different. Anyway, back to back to the original topic, which is um, that that this is a different kind of time. The country is closed. It's not for tourism. It's not the way it, it used to be, or it use is is is, is <laughs> not the way it is usually. Uh, and that's the kind right. of time that we're living in. It's like a sabbatical year. Um, and uh, I miss our tourists. I miss our Jewish tourists. <laughs> I miss our non-Jewish tourists. Sure. I miss I miss everybody. Mm. I do miss everybody. You know, we had an interesting, it was a very interesting summer. I think we feel it less in the wintertime. Well, you were really out yesterday, so I guess that's why we're talking about this, because you really felt it. But in the summertime, like, everyone's out, you know what I mean? You're really uh, out. In the wintertime, you're more inside your house, you're more inside your office or whatever. Right. But in the summertime, it was funny because, like, you know, you're used to, like, like the sound of like bus after bus after bus and this bus is pulling in and this bus is coming out and like tourists coming down and and tourists going up and like seeing lots and lots of people and traffic and traffic and traffic because there's so many people Baruch Hashem who come to the land of Israel Jews and non-Jews who come to see all the the special places in the land of Israel and to have fun and this summer it was just Israelis right which is like I don't ever ever remember a summer like that's there's never been a summer it's like a that. It's a sabbatical year. It's just right. a year for like here for us just to be us and for everywhere else. I'm sure it's the same type of thing. It's like a sabbatical year. Um anyway, I'm really hoping for um for this thing to finish off after a year. That's my that's my new like hope. Right. <clears throat> I remember yeah, that maybe I'm, maybe with Purim maybe with Purim it'll right be, I think like by, by it'll Pesach seal off. Like it'll, and, uh, it'll, and I would like I, I kind of am now like having dreams to like welcome guests into my home although you do know that about 50,000 Israelis made it to Dubai it's unbelievable the second they opened Dubai it was like whoosh whoosh I think it was more than 50 I think it was like a lot I think it was uh, or maybe 50,000 people were coming back now or something. Yeah, I think there were like 80,000 Israelis something right. like that or, so or 80,000 trips that were made by I Israelis. called my good buddy Ezri Tubi yesterday just to talk to him. Oh. And he's like, "Yeah, I just came here from no Dubai." No way. I'm like, "What were you doing there?" He's like, "Yeah, tour with my dad." Wow. And he's like, "But I like India better." better. Okay. <laughs> you know, I've uh, I work for a Jewish news syndicate, JNS, and I publish their I uh, help them to publish um, their articles. And uh and I've noticed a slew of op-eds recently where people talk about like how they can't believe how hospitable um, the United Arab Emirates people are toward Jews specifically. Meaning to say not just that they're good at hospitality or something, but that they like that they're walking down the street in a kippah. And a few people wrote that they feel more comfortable to walk down the street in a kippah in Dubai than they do in New York. Can you believe that? That's a big change. That's like a big change on every level, right? Yeah, yeah. It, but it's that a, but says something about everything. <clears throat> it says and, something about and everything. People and people really um, like they're they were moved. Like people, people just were like they were met with such a warm response by by the local citizens who are you know you've by now you've seen so many pictures right of people in this like traditional white beautiful um, you know Arabian garb. And they're like, they're learning like basic Hebrew, right? And they're like, they get to the people, Jews get to their hotel and they're like, Shabbat Shalom, they tell them, right? And they're just like, so it's, you know, 
if you look at this also, certainly we can look at this in the context of like Israeli history. But if you look at this in the context of Jewish history, this is like an unbelievable thing. So a few comments on that. First thing, since uh, as a youth, I used to be I used to hang out in the Sinai. So to us Bedouins who understand us and like us is like an old tale. So for us, it's a coming home. You know, Uh, it's like a it's like a it's like a normal feeling. And I will add to that that I I was talking with my mom a lot about an article that I'm writing uh, about um, post jihadism in the Middle East. And she said to me that one of the things that is being discussed in places like Saudi Arabia is that pro-Israel and Israel uh, uh, being able, what's it called? Um, what's the new museum that they're making now in Jerusalem? Uh, tolerance, right? Mm-hmm. The tolerance of Jews, tolerance of Israel uh, is actually something that, that we think of as new in the Muslim world. But within Islam, especially in places like Saudi Arabia, there's, they, they don't want to call it a re, re, modern religious movement or a religious, uh, 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 what do we call it in America? Like, like a renaissance? Yeah, right. That, right. They don't want to say it's a, it's a new phase of their religion. Uh, just, they want to say- We're getting back to our old That's values. what they're saying. That is that the is way to market saying. it. Right, that's what they're saying. And that's, and that's true. Right, they're like, they're like, Islam was never this Wahhabism. Right. It was radical. never. It wasn't this, radical. Right. It was a faith in the one God and a serving of the right. God. And now, 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 listeners may may say there's you know this is a conquering religion and it's had many jihadist moments, right? Which is true, right? Um, but at the same time, that's the way that they want to, as you said very correctly, Malka, market it. They want to market it as original well, Islam, right? I mean, you always, Isha, if you've as long as I've known you, you've been a proponent of this idea, at least locally. When we ever talk about like local Arab versus uh, Jewish relations, you've always said that there's like two modes: there's the Philistine mode, and there's the Ishmaelite, um, Ishmaelite mode. The the Philistine mode. The the ancient Philistines were a war making people who made a lot of trouble for Jews, uh, for, for Israelites in the land of Israel. Um, and, and we're always an enemy combatant people, and we never really had a good peace with them ever. Um, but the Ishmaelites were a different story. Now, the story of Ishmael and Isaac was, of course, a story in which the family had to break apart because Ishmael and Isaac couldn't be together, especially while, Ish- while Isaac was growing up. Right. He wasn't a good influence on the little Isaac. Um, and Sarah, you may know our, our mother Sarah knew that, and she she took like a very uh, harsh tack, and and she felt she she was doing what she had to do. Um, and the Jewish people, incidentally, throughout history, celebrate this um, this decision, and it's considered the right decision amongst uh, all the rabbis. Um, but at the same time, Ishmael and Isaac make peace at the end, and they bury their father uh, Abraham together. And it's considered true that that even though Isaac is the holder of the special inheritance from Abraham of this descendancy, that none the, nonetheless Ishmael is blessed, and he is definitely a son of of Abraham, and nobody denies this. Um, at least that he's the son of the same man, right? They consider it maybe spiritually different because Abraham was Avram when he became the father of Ishmael and then he became Avraham when he was the father of Yitzhak. So it's a little different, but basically it's the same. And, and even in Marat Machpelah and Hebron, 
Nobody denies that that there is a truth to the fact that Arabs should have access to Mart Machpelah because this is the the tomb uh, of their father. But the question is, how will they relate to it? Do they relate to it as Ishmaelites? Right, as Ishmaelites. As in, we are the children right, of the a, children of Abraham who who can live uh, can accept this blessing of of largesse that that Abraham um, gave him and that they will be very multi multitudinous and that they'll be wealthy and that they'll be um, very established in the world uh, and be content with that. Or will they be the the Philistines who like just need to always scrounge what they can get like a bunch of hyenas who will always be attacking no matter what. Um and it's amazing and, and, and who want to basically rid the land of Israel of Jewish sovereignty. And that is right. what their their thing is. Right. They fight the Jews over they Israel. They fight the Jews over the land of Israel. That is what the Philistine thing is. Right. That so, is not what the Ishmaelites so thing is. So Ishai, it's been a pleasure for me to see the ascendancy of the Ishmaelite. Absolutely. And <laughs> that and that the you know, it's so interesting, Yishai, because you and I, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're especially on Twitter, um, and so often people want to call us racists and occupiers, all these things, right? It's a place, if you've ever really hung out on Twitter, it's, it's a very vitriolic, um, ad hominem, attacky type of place, but I don't think people realize how so wrong they are about the the religious people who settle in Judea and Samaria and how how like utterly they don't get us right you know I think that there is nobody on earth who is more happy with this new relationship between the uh, Arab world and the Jewish world than us I think that 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 we have been waiting for this kind of Arab to show up right in the world. Yeah. And we've always known that we are people who can live together, who should live together. You know, so much of our political um, hierarchy for the last many decades has been working to like separate us away from Arabs. If we can just put ourselves in a bubble, then we'll be safe. And the way that we should put ourselves in a bubble is by just give them whatever. It doesn't even matter. And let's just make our wall and live in the wall and we'll have like crazy guns and we'll point them at everybody and you guys be out there and we'll be in here and leave us alone right but the jews in judea and samaria they actually live with arabs now it's true that we're not like in each other's houses and drinking coffee and like each other's kids playing with each other so much at least mostly i'm sure there are cases like that but but generally not but we do live with them, right? We're on the same roads together. We're in the grocery store together. Um, we, you know, there. I go to the same grocery store every week, and the people who work in the grocery store are some Jews, but really a lot of Arabs from this area, including Bethlehem and other local towns. And I see them every week. Now, I'm the kind of person if I see you more than like once a month. I can't pretend that like we just have a um, like a, a relationship of like you do X for me and I say thank you and, and goodbye. Like I have to like I have to like know you a little bit. I have to. So like I like we smile. Hello. How are you? Right. And there's like we recognize each other. I was in the, the pasta aisle and a guy from the meat section can't walk by and he's like mashlomech. Right. Because he sees me every week. Right. So we lived, and I'm like, hi, right? 
No, we didn't. We didn't sit and talk about each other's kids necessarily overly, but like we wanted, we want to have like a nice relationship. The point is that the Jews of Judea and Samaria were the ones who face, who who stand face to face with these people, and we know more than anybody what the potential is. Right. Now, that doesn't mean we're going to just roll over if somebody asks us for something. That's right. that's different. But to say that Jews in Judea and Samaria hate Arabs is like the f- so wrong. It's the farthest thing. And so and so to see that there are Arabs in the world who accept us who, uh, seemingly. Right. I'm not I'm not jumping all in with my eyes closed, but seemingly accept us for who we are are fine with our sovereignty in our land, want an upwardly progressive, upwardly mobile relationship with us and to build a Middle East, which is a good place to live, which is a normal place to live, which has all the Western amenities, but all the Eastern values, um, that they want to do that with us with seemingly quote unquote, no strings attached, is like what we've been waiting for this whole time. Even if there are strings attached... There's still a relationship that you can have, and you could argue back when you have a relationship. Okay, for example, some people say Christians they all want you to convert to to Christianity, and then they they believe in the rapture and all that kind of stuff. Okay, maybe some do. Right. There's a lot of people who, for example, get very bent over backwards when they find out that somebody got a donation from like a Christian. Right. It's just like like a, like a an evangelical Christian pro Israel person, right. and, and because they say that that money is like money which is tainted tainted because the person is real really wants the money to go to you becoming a christian and they wouldn't support you anyway unless they thought that that this rapture was going to happen and that the jews are going to be punished and then their god is going to come first thing but 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 we know that that's not true right right? we We, know that there's there are some people like that there are people like that and and maybe those people shouldn't be part of the story but there are people who simply read the bible and see that it's coming true and want to be part of this great time we have a lot of listeners like that that's right same thing also for the Islamic world there's a lot of people there who are like listen Israel's real it's it's our, it, we read about it in the Quran in a good way we see it's our cousins we've lived with them for the last thousands of years we know about them and they know about us also on some kind of genetic level as well you know what Malka, there the, is a family relationship there's a family relationship you know Malka, I want to say to you the the people who throw out the word apartheid right and and racism and all that they are, they are, as you just pointed out, they're really liars. They are really liars, and they're really trying to create an anti-Israel narrative. That's their whole goal in life. But the truth is, is there's, there's just a simple answer, and I keep on writing it on Twitter as well, which is, I'm an Israeli Jewish nationalist. I believe in a strong Jewish ethnic national state called Israel. Right. But I also believe in it being part of the Middle East. Right. It's surrounded, not like you're out to conquer the rest right, of the Arab world. Surrounded by strong ethnic national Arab states. This whole thing that I just laid out is called nationalism. Right. And we and we like that about right. you. It's we don't dislike that you're an Arab country. We like that right. you're an Arab country. That's fine. That's fine. great. Go do it. Right. And and, and we're and, gonna be us, you be you, and we'll all and we'll be, have a relationship. Yeah, it'll be and great. You have your land and we'll have our land and together we'll be strong through a relationship called ethnic nationalism. Right, and it'll be honest. Right, it'll be honest, it'll be true, it'll and nobody be will safe. steal each other's lands. Right. And, and just, just that, just what we just laid out right now is one of the most important things to lay out to people today. 
this whole idea that Israel is a democracy and therefore it's got rights for everybody. All that stuff confuses the issue totally. If you just lay out to people, we're an ethnic national country, surrounded by ethnic national countries. We are all Semitic peoples in this region, but we have our different tribal areas and they're delineated through nation states. When you just lay that out to people, people are like, oh. And then it's like, it's like, what are you talking about racism? Racism? Who's talking about racism? God forbid. Nobody's racist around here. But this is my tribal land and not yours. And that just solves the whole thing. So, and it's true. And it's true. And if you just market Israel for what it actually is, which is an ethnic national Jewish state, trying to get self-determination for the Jewish people and their ancestral homeland, you're like, oh. And, and I, I urge folks that, that listened to this and found it interesting to just listen to, to, to these few words a few times over and you'll just get it in your head. Um, um, however, on the other hand, let's not whitewash everything. Uh, we still have a strong counter movement, which is, I call it jihadism. And that jihadist movement uh, murdered Esther Horgan, right. 52 years old, and Olaf from France, mother of six, uh, and obviously um, <clears throat> a beautiful, healthy, beautiful, healthy, woman. lively, vivacious and vibrant person, a murdered who uh, wanted nothing from anybody. She wanted right. to go for a jog. Right. She went out for a walk or a jog and was struck by uh, rocks or a rock, smashing her skull and killing her. <sighs> this also led to uh, a protest by some young men uh, that are oftentimes called uh, hilltop youth which are these kind of like uh, Jews that build communities, work with their hands, beautify the land, hold on to the land. They oftentimes wear uh, large side locks, large peot, large kipot. They tend to have a distrust of the government. In any case, they may or may not have been throwing rocks at Arab vehicles. May or may not. That has not yet been proven. But one thing is for sure, the police was chasing them and the Israeli police was chasing them to stop them. They were both in vehicles at some point, and the Israeli police rammed on purpose uh, the... Which is obviously so illegal. It is, it is illegal, and it is... It is it, anyway, the, this, this caused the uh, vehicle of the young people to flip over and killed a beautiful young man. I say beautiful just because he was handsome. just very handsome, and, and just he had light shining from his face, and his name was beautiful, Ahuvia. Ahuvia Sandak, and he was killed. And this brings us to the fact that tomorrow is the 10th of Tevet. Right. And uh, I guess I, I didn't make this connection earlier, but I just took a tour around the old city walls, uh, around the Temple Mount walls, but that's exactly what the 10th of Tevet remembers, which is the breach of those walls by Nebuchadnezzar. Right. Nebuchadnezzar in the first temple. We don't have a lot of holidays that commemorate the first temple. And we're commemorating the Babylonian siege, uh, Babylonian Chaldean siege on Jerusalem, which eventually led to the destruction of the first temple, which, by the way, the first temple is what had the, um, the um, Ark of the Covenant with right, the... Which, where we don't know exactly, right. exactly where and it, it was is And it was hidden from then on, from the right. end of the first temple. We never, wow, it never, we didn't get it back for the second temple? No. No, it did not exist. No, it was, it was hidden... It was hidden away, and so that's that. That says something. Uh, and also, the tenth of Tevet is an important fast for people like us, Malka. I think this is my new un- yeah, understanding okay. of it, because one of the things that the rabbis tack on to the tenth of Tevet is the translation 
of the Torah by Ptalmei, the forcing of the translation of the Torah. It into, used to only be in Hebrew. Right, into the Greek, and it became the Septuagint, the Septuaginta, okay? And, uh, and it went into Greek, which is, according to the rabbis, the language most like Hebrew, most able to retell the Bible in some kind of true, true form. And yet, at the same time, brought like three days of darkness, according right. to the sages. And, 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 beca- and that's because, the, the simple answer is because the way that Ptalmei wanted uh, these, um, the Torah to be translated is that so that he can just stack it amongst his other knowledges and just add it, add into, it to, the library. To, to the academia. Another thing to be studied and understood and owned. And therefore, God became... Uh, Academic. He became... What, what, we, I, in the next segment with Rev. Mike Foyer, I use this also. What's that line from Aladdin? Uh, incredible powers. Itty bitty living space. Itty bitty living space, right? It's like, it's like, oh, here's the Torah. Great wisdom. Package here, it and these Here it pages. is on my shelf. Right. Here it is there. Uh, the reason I say it's important to me and you, Malcolm, is because you and I are part of the Septuagint tradition in the sense that we are also translating the Torah to the outside world. But there's a big difference. There, we hope. I'm I mean, saying, we try. I'm saying we hope that there's a big difference. And so just like bakers need to do some tshuva on uh, Passover, you know. Do they? That's funny. I never thought of that. Uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know it's, it's the day to think about what you're doing. And uh, so to us, I think that the 10th of Tevet, if there has been in, in us any pagan, uh, any pagan, how do you say pagan? Uh, any flaw, defect. Any flaw, defect in the way that we translated the Torah. Mm. That's our holiday to, to repent. Interesting, yeah. interesting, interesting. Deep Good thoughts. One. Maka, Deep before thoughts. we go on yeah. to your next topic, I just want to talk about some of our uh, sponsors. Great. Uh, because the sponsors are not just sponsors. They're people that make it fun uh, for us to connect people to Israel and Israel to the world, which was really our core mission. And today we have a, a new sponsor for the show, which is Aleph Mail. Aleph Mail, like yeah. Alpha Mail. Right, but, but, but Aleph. Explain to, to, to our beloved listeners what Aleph Mail means, Maka. I mean, it means instead no, of... No, I mean, what is the product? What does it do? The product is male self-care products, <laughs> especially beardy products. That's right. That's right, Maka. You Malcolm. want a sweet-smelling, non-wild beard. That's right. F- but but with, 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 uh, with, with the drops of the wisdom, <laughs> I, and as I say this in the next part of the show, go from a rabbi to a sage. <laughs> <laughs> you like that one? That is funny. That's I made a that T-shirt. Up. Yeah, I made that. Go before. <laughs> you, you like that one? That was really funny. Yeah, it's it's join the Aleph Male a Jewish Beard Care Revolution. Make your beard majestic <laughs> <laughs> with 100% natural beard oil and beard balm, handmade in Israel. Okay, and you can use special discount code Yishai10, and you'll get 10% off your purchase. I use it. I used it yesterday. Yeah. I cut my hair yesterday. Wait, let me feel. Bring your face over here. Well, I, it's it's already been a bit uh, soaked so in. It's soaked in. I got to put the new layer. Well, I want to feel anyway. Okay, Maybe go ahead. Maybe softer. All right, there it is. I mean, it definitely feels majestic. Oh, I don't want to talk about the fact that yesterday I was cutting my hair and I put on the wrong head on the buzzer in Oops. the back, and and now I look like a chicken who's been uh, <laughs> plucked, plucked a little bit on, and on one on one line of my head. But let's not talk about that. <laughs> I wish Aleph Mail could fix that, but it can't. It does other great things. Aleph Mail. I will put it though on the back of the head here. So please go to Aleph Mail, and since it's, it's a new sponsor, jump in there and uh, and please um, show your support. Show your support. That's AlephMail.com. Uh, and speaking of that, 
salves of Jerusalem. Yes. Our good friends, uh, Rachel and Simcha, make incredible salves. I've been so, using them a lot really? recently. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've been using, because I still have my shoulder pain. Yeah. It's ongoing. Yeah, Malka's so fro, fro show. My is, fro show is, is fo show. Yeah. Anyway, so... <laughs> Uh, I've been using the muscle bomb yeah. sometimes. They have a magic muscle bomb, which is kind of soothing on the shoulder. Yeah. And it's very like good for the massage feeling. It gives that good creamy feeling. Right. And uh, because it's dry out also, I've been using the like, uh, I forget what it's called, like the the, the family salve, I think right. it's called. Family salve, that's right. Which is like a go-to for everything, every kind of moisturization. So I've been using that on my face and mm-hmm. I like one of my elbows is kind of dry. So I've been using that on my elbow. Salvesofjerusalem.com. It's nice. and it smells good and it's all organic and it's done right here in the land of Israel right. by like really holy people. And I came up for a slogan for them also, which is mind the myrrh. Mind the myrrh. Mind Don't the myrrh. mind the myrrh next, Don't next time. time. So then I'm like, I'm like, now it's like. If you know where that's from. You That's can right. Let us Write know. it in. Please mind the myrrh. Hashtag mind the myrrh. Write to me, Yishai at the land of Israel.com or Yishai, Yishai Fleischer.com. Mind the myrrh. You like that? Is that That's another? funny. It's only for a certain generation. Okay. Though. Yeah. You're right. Mind the myrrh. Right. And it, do, it literally has myrrh in it. Yeah. It's it has all kinds of great stuff. Myrrh and things like that. And, from the land and of Simcha, who I think formulated it himself, is very serious yeah. in his like knowledge of oh, healing yeah. properties of plants 100%. and organic living and things like that so it's very trustworthy speaking of organic living nothing says organic like a pickle that's been pickled well you know they have those probiotics in them i'm telling you and our friend uh, chaim at prohibition pickles will make amazing pickles for you and herring and you will have uh, you will trick out your kiddish and make an awesome powerful pickled kiddish Powerful pickles. Wait, but Isha, you know, you don't, pickles. it's funny that you don't mention the one thing that you actually love the most. Oh my gosh, my we've daily been driver. Through, we're, we're like, we've gone through a bottle and a half of the one product that Isha likes especially much, which is called Dude Shemesh. Now, dude, let me, let me, <laughs> in, uh, in, not the word, the word indoctrinate is what, not what I'm looking for. Let me, um. Like initiate, thank you. Let me initiate you into another uh, Israeli term and culture moment. A water heater is called a dude. Why? Don't know. Okay. It's called a dude. Now on the top of roofs in Israel, because we're such a sunny country, almost every house or building has what's called a dude shemesh, which is a sun water heater. Dude. It's basically electric, electric water heater. And it heats the water from the from the sun, and then you don't have to use your electricity to heat the water. This is especially useful in the summer, not as much in the winter. Uh, we also have in the house something called a dude kashmali, a dude which is electric. But anyway, the name of this spicy sauce or from Prohibition kinda, Pickles from Prohibition Pickles is called Dude Shemesh, which is it's spelled dude like hey dude, right? Shemesh sun so you got the dude which is like this is like a man sauce but at the same which girls are obviously allowed to eat it's a man sauce but it's israeli referencing the dude shemesh and the shemesh is hot so you got all those words it's a spicy sauce that i like a lot and the folks that make it is prohibition pickle and what you could do is you could you could send anybody in israel uh, an, a, a great Friday gift, Friday afternoon well, gift. Well, let's say you have a shul that you want to support. A shul, you a rabbi, a rabbitson, an aunt, an uncle, or favorite show host, okay? <laughs> 
and you could just reach out to Prohibition Pickle. Uh, they are and they do home deliveries. Instagram, it's Prohibition Pickle, and same thing at, at Facebook, and they do home deliver- deliveries. And uh, right now, the sweet I'm, pickles are particularly excellent. I'm looking, yeah. Oh, he, he he used to. It's interesting. I see. I see that he has a an Instagram. He's got a hot sauce, but it's called Gehenna. Okay, Ooh, that's a new <laughs> one to try. All which right, so, is which is basically hell in that's right all fire hell damnation right. okay and um so check out prohibition pickles and send some some gift to a friend that's in israel but if you want a gift for outside of the land of israel two recommendations blessed by israel blessed by israel.com buy great gifts from the land of israel send them to the world we just sent out for hanukkah gifts to some of our favorite donors right uh, and that was a lot of fun so that's blessed by israel.com blessed by b-u-i if you type in coupon B-U-I, code b-u-i b-u-i i thought you said i b-u-i uh and so if you do that then uh, i was probably uh i was probably uh, d-u-i and that's why i said <laughs> b-u-i okay <clears throat> I haven't actually had any liquor had this coffee. morning. I had some coffee and some chocolate, some Israeli chocolate. And you can get some Israeli chocolate at blessedbyisrael.com, including holy cacao. Holy cacao. Holy cacao. That's actually a real chocolate. Uh, and finally, trellet.com. Trellet.com is where you can get the biblical blue string, which is back after being gone for, uh, for thousands of years. It's back, and you can be part of this great mitzvah, great commandment. And be part of it in our in our amazing time. That's right. Trele, T E K H E L E T dot com. My right. good friend, now is definitely, my good friend, yeah. Doctor Brodsky, yeah. got some Trele Trele oh, yeah? But he is the kind of guy oh, since yeah. he's a doctor, a cardiologist, and a pilot. Yeah, uh, he's and, a he's a Renaissance man. Yeah, so he's like he tied his own Trelet already. Yeah, I mean, next thing he's gonna die his own Trelet. Yeah, probably he's gonna find you know? the snails. You know, those guys tie and die. Those guys die and tie. You know. <laughs> So well, now is a very good time if you want to send a gift to somebody in the land of Israel. Now is a good time because I think the next two weeks or so are going to be a little hard. Here's some yeah. of the regulations that they're... I love you, Israel. I love you. I love you and I'm in, okay? I'm in all the way. <laughs> but I want to say that I think that when announcements are made about stuff like, I'm going to lock you in your house for two weeks, <laughs> that you have to say what the regulations are then. You can't go, well, I'm going to lock you in your house for two weeks. I'll let you know. Okay? I'll right. let you know what that is right. going to mean, and you, you're going to figure it out. The first thing they did was on Wednesday, they shut the, the, um, the skies, basically. And they did it kind of quickly. So Israelis uh, were left scrambling, people who wanted to leave and people who wanted to return, because they said that people had to go uh, into quarantine in... Um, these army-run hotels, quarantine hotels. There's two kinds of hotels. There's the quarantine hotel and there's the coronavirus hotel. The coronavirus hotel is for people who already have coronavirus. And the quarantine hotel is for people who they're not sure yet, right? They just don't want you to get, they don't want you to possibly infect anybody. It's because of this um, uh, apparent um, mutation a version of coronavirus that's coming out of the United Kingdom and they like they're being everyone coming back from the United Kingdom basically has to go straight to a quarantine hotel but other Israelis at quarantine hotels are now upset because they say wait a second you're going to bring these people in from the UK what if we catch what if we don't have coronavirus and then we catch it and we get this bad coronavirus right this one that's seemingly like much much easier to catch um, and there are, there's four confirmed cases of this UK mutation. I don't know how they know that. Some but they people know. say my sister told me that that 
the reason there's a UK mutation is because the UK monitors mutations, and it's the only place that monitors. Oh, that actually this, knew about yeah. it. There are many. It seems right. uh, strands, strains, strains, strands. So, right. so, so she says that that really. But we'll see. I, I, you know. So, so okay. Here's the restrictions. We've been through a lot of this before, so there's not a lot of surprises. Um, you're not allowed to go into someone else's home except for immediate family members. Although I, I don't know how they're gonna figure that. Like, what are they gonna come into your home and see who's there? Restrict movement to one kilometer from home. Except for if you're getting a vaccination. I think there's also some people who will be allowed to go to work. They're going to shut down commerce, leisure and entertainment, limit public transportation to 50% capacity, limit workplaces that don't deal with customers face to face to 50%, no takeaway in restaurants, only delivery and certainly no sitting in restaurants. Um, gatherings restricted to 20 people outdoors, 10 indoors. You're allowed to go jogging still. That's one they never shut down. That's an interesting one. Uh, but there's one thing that's a little bit different this time. Last two lockdowns. Wait, which number of lockdown will this be? Three. Three. Okay. I've lost track. The last two lockdowns, the kids were all home from school. All of them. Um, since then, a lot of kids, all the kids have gone back to school on some capacity. Our daughter, Leah Batsion, who's in seventh grade, she's gone back twice a week to school um, for like half days. She's not so thrilled about it, but it's better than it was before. Um, but the rest of her days, she's on Zoom at home. But now, the like all the pediatric authorities got together, like the Israel, I think, Pediatric Association or something like that. The head of it was like, you cannot keep little children home again for that kind of amount of time. It's too hard for them. It's too jarring for them. You're going to mess up their minds. It's not right, right? right. And so the government listened. Um, And they said that kindergarten and preschool, I think, grades one through four and grades 11 through 12, because those people are taking like big uh, matriculation exams, the grades 11 through 12, will hold classes from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. So so littler children will be uh, staying in school, which is kind of a I mean, on the one hand, it seems dangerous, but they're saying it's not so dangerous because those kids actually don't get Corona or get very sick so much. Um, yeah, so, so they're going to stay in school. That's kind of nice. Um, but one thing that's going to happen is that Israel had these two locations, a lot and the Dead Sea, they were called green islands, where if you went and got a coronavirus test and you were found to be negative, then you could enter those cities and you still had to do things like wear a mask and you're supposed to socially distance and things and like that. And we went to a lot. Then, but you can go there and take advantage of whatever amenities are available because those are tourist places and go enjoy a tad of tourism, but also shore up these places which are essentially totally reliant on tourism. Um, so we had the opportunity to go. Uh, we went to <coughs> um, Timna over Hanukkah. We had a great time. Um, we had a, a lot of, uh, adventures and a couple of misadventures. Um, but we also got the opportunity to go for the first time to a lot for like six hours. We wanted to see it and we drove down there. We got coronavirus tests ahead of time and did everything right. Um, and we're able to go there and we had the, the blessing and opportunity to get on a boat and go into the Red Sea. And it was very, very special and very beautiful, albeit short. And we got to see that a lot is like pretty quiet. Right now, even though I know a lot of people went down there for Hanukkah because they got the negative coronavirus test. But now they're shutting it down. Basically, no more a lot, no more Dead Sea, at least for the duration of the lockdown. 
Okay, Marco. Thank you very much for that coronavirus update. Uh, well, we it, hope that it's yeah. going to be. We're, we hope that it's going to be uh, the the end and the last one. The the uh, you know I don't know what side of the vaccine debate you guys are on, and frankly, whatever. Let's just let's just put it aside. Hope for the best right now. For the in the meantime, uh, I want to hear from you. Write me an email. Yishai at yishaifleischer.com or yishai at thelandofisrael.com. I want to thank another sponsor for our show, which is the Land of Israel Network yes. with many great shows. And I want to thank the great work of, uh, of uh, Arya Bramons and Jeremy Gimpel, who uh, are the founders of this network. I also want to thank Ben Bresky, Tabitha, uh, and Moshe, Moshe Herman, my man, uh, who helps, my man. My man, who helps get the show out uh, to the world. I want to thank Yochevet for working so hard on the com website, including our donate page, which is active right now. It's actually support page. And if you go to com forward slash support, um, this is a great time right now before the uh, end of the fiscal year. Yes, absolutely. Um, we really need your support and we, we want you to know that your support really does make a big difference. We have advertising campaigns and all kinds of things that we want to do, outreach campaigns that we want to do. And, and you're, we have some incredible people out there, all kinds of people from all over the United States and all over the world who are supporting um, the work that, that Ishai is doing, the work that we're doing. And it makes all the difference. So we That's really right. want to thank you so much for all the support you've shown this right. year. Uh, and really give you a blessing that it, it should really be a blessing for you going into the next solar year. We're all going to need blessings as a new uh, round of elections is coming to Israel. We'll t- I'm sure we'll be talking about that a lot in upcoming shows. Uh, but we're out of time for this week. That's right. We're out of time for this week. Next up is Rabbi Mike Foyer, Rav Mike. He's a rock star. We talked uh, live on, uh, on, uh, on video chat. Uh, and it's on my Facebook page as well. So join that. Uh, and see it but in the meantime here's Rev Mike Foyer Maka Fleischer Shabbat Shalom have an easy fast the 10th of Tevet good news only good health good news amen and God bless you folks wherever you are stay tuned stay strong stay connected and we'll be right back with Rev Mike Foyer and the Torah portion of the week Shalom everybody and welcome to the Yishai Fleischer show broadcasting live on Facebook on Twitter on YouTube and on the Land of Israel network and you're a part of it wherever you are. So thank you so much for joining us. And today we have the great privilege of having back on the show our beloved Rav Mike, Rav Mike Foyer. Rav Mike, welcome and uh, welcome back to the show. We missed you. Hey, it's great to be back. Well, you know, like life gets in the way sometimes. That's right. Well, life gets in the way. well you know, uh, we'll get to it in a second. Yesterday was one of the tougher days in Israel in a long time. There was a lot mm. of bad stuff that happened yesterday. But before that, before we get into that, uh, the week beforehand was Hanukkah and both you and I were off so much so that I um, did something or didn't do something that it usually is not done, which I didn't do a show. I did not do a show. I skipped my show altogether. And yeah, so did I. Right. That's a big. That's a big rarity. Uh, and so, uh, but that that's the power of Hanukkah. It was an awesome Hanukkah. Both you and I went on vacation, which which is another way of saying we spent good time with the family. That's right. Um, and also good time and good money. That's right, good money. That's right, and also good time uh, in Eretz Israel. Eretz Israel got to see Eretz Israel. You went up north to the Golan, is that right? That is indeed the truth. Went to um, Avnei Eitan, the beautiful yeshuv on the southern part of the Golan Plateau, overlooking Kinneret, waterfalls, mountains, green. It's great. Yeah, that's that's great. The Golan is great. Waterfalls are great. Uh, and my general tendency and trend is to go down south during Hanukkah. So we went down to the Negev. We stayed at Timna Park, which oh, is basically yeah. the Sinai Desert. Uh, and then went down to a lot. 
rented a boat, jumped into the Red Sea in the middle of the sea, man. Wow. It was awesome. It was just awesome. So great to be alive. Uh, and I understand why people like Zinni write the following. They write from all the way from Nigeria, say, Rabbi, I want to be Jewish, says Zinni. Uh, so our first recommendation usually is, uh, the first thing is, learn more about Judaism and learn more about the Bible and about the commandments that even Gentiles have, according to the Jewish narrative, the Jewish story, the Jewish Bible, the seven commandments of Noah. There's a lot to learn about that. And being being a Jewish person uh, and, and a, a, a believing and faithful and, and God law abiding uh, Jewish person is a big task. It might be biting off more than you really need to chew. That's there right. are That's there right. are there are other avenues to God that are open to everyone. That's right. Uh, so that's definitely an opportunity. We also have a shalom uh, from Erica, all the way uh, from Switzerland, Sweden, from Sweden. What am I talking about? Sweden, and uh, just got confused. And I actually wrote Erica an email today uh, on on Facebook, and also to Ibuten Saharten Saya from Holland, and Joel says. Good afternoon, Rabbi Fleischer. And Anna says, I am a Noahide. She says, I am a Noahide. So there are people there you go. all over the world that are really coming closer to, to Judaism, the Jewish story, and to, and to the great rebirth of the Jewish people in the land of Israel. As I was just telling Malka today, is it so hard to believe that there are people in the world who read the Bible and are like, wait a minute, the stuff that the Bible promises is going to happen is happening, and that's called Israel, and I want a part of it. I want some way to connect to that story and got on board yeah you know and, and and the reality is we've seen increasingly over the last 200 years that um people have awoken with all the complexity etc but awoken to on some level the simplicity of the story is like oh wait there's a people who's playing out this drama and we have an active role and everybody is invited to join in that in whatever way they're capable and, and some of those people have played very important roles, you know, in terms of the Balfour Declaration and international politics and others are just simple, good-hearted people that want to be part of the story. Definitely. But you, what, did you, what was the word you used? The simplicity? What, what was the word you said? There's a certain simplicity to it. It's like, right. oh, there's a people. Right. Like, right. God like, gave this book and these people are still around. And look, they're in that land again. Like, hmm. Like I said, they, trust me, I, I get how complex it is. I make my living off how complex it is, you know, telling that story. But, but on another level, it's actually kind of that easy. Uh, it really is easy to join the story. And Joel writes, why push away people who want to join us? I think, I think the opposite. Uh, there's many ways to join us. Um, we don't, uh, and that's our Jewish tradition, we don't recommend people join the peoplehood. Uh, as a first step, we recommend people take other steps because joining the peoplehood is a big responsibility. And I think a lot of people have an emotional connection. They want to be part of, of as we said, the story. But uh, that doesn't mean that they necess- necessarily have to jump into peoplehood. Uh, and that's just our way to actually – it is actually our way to push people off a little bit yeah. and to say there's a different way. And then people who really, 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 really want it uh, find, a, find a way uh, in, in the end. Now, I agree, and I would just add that we have a major challenge of marshalling our forces from within right now. Now, right. sometimes those who come from without are a tremendous asset in that respect, particularly, as you said, those who, who fight their way in. But, um, I, you know, I, I'm hesitant. I, I feel like the stakes are very high at being a Jew. Right. And and there are many ways, like I said, many ways to attach oneself to God that don't necessarily involve biting off. Not more than you can chew. Don't get me wrong. I think people are capable of an enormous amount. Perhaps more than you need to. Mm-hmm. Well... 
the the one word that I wanted to kind of get stuck on, which is you said the there's a certain simplicity. Uh, the the big picture, in a sense, is simple, which is God made a promise to the forefathers of the Jewish people. Uh, they the Jewish people went into exile, and now He's recalling them on road to the third temple. So that is uh, that is the first that that is the simple uh, perspective. But on when you get into the nitty gritty of it. Days like yesterday are anything but simple. Yesterday we had uh, we woke up to find out that a Jewish woman, um, uh, Esther Har- uh, Esther um, Harg, what was what was her last name? Hargold. Uh, I'm looking right now because I want to actually get her yeah, name correct. Let's 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 remember her good name. But her name is Esther, and she was a, a 52 years old mother of uh, Oregon. Mother, what's that? Oregon. H O R G A N. Okay. Right, Horgan. Uh, she um, um, was a mother of six, uh, lived in uh, the, Samaria, went out for a, a walk or a jog in the forest right down the street from her house. I heard her husband speaking today on the news. It's a very normal thing to do there. And she was murdered uh, by, by, being, by her skull being smashed uh, by an assailant. Uh, the, the security forces think that that is, uh, was an act of terrorism, of jihadism, of anti-Israel Arab uh, action. And here's a life cut down by this incredible and, and a very obviously vivacious woman. Uh, I say obviously because you see her pictures and you can see... Yeah, the pictures that people have been sharing are really right. noteworthy. Right. These, th- this, was a, this was a vivacious person. Uh, and she is no longer with us. And then that led to... Uh, now this 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 is all has not been really reported clearly yet. Yeah, but, it's yeah, lots of pieces. But, and... but it seems like there was some youth uh, who were very upset about this incident and decided to throw rocks at Arab cars. And the police came to try to chase them down. Then there was a vehicular chase. The police bumped into, uh, rammed the back of of the the young people's vehicle. It caused it to flip over and actually ended up killing a very beautiful young man. I say that just because the pictures of him are just... Also striking. Yeah, striking. And his name was Ahuvia, like lover of God or God loves. Yeah. Very painful. And and on top of that, the Knesset practically voted to disband yesterday or or, or voted not, <laughs> not to, to avert extend, right, extend right. the budget uh, right. deadline. And, functionally to disband. Right. And and on top of that, the Supreme Court is now trying is entering into a, a process of trying to decide whether the um, Israel nationality law, which basically says Israel is the Jewish state, uh, is is constitutional or should be knocked down. And, the, you know, the likelihood is that is that this uh, court is going to not just say everything's honky dory. And so. And so I, I, I'm sorry. Can I ask you to pause? My wife is actually calling me, and I normally would not do this. Absolutely, absolutely. You go. You, you go on. Okay. Should I? Should I? Should I take you off yeah. the screen for a second? Yeah. All right. So I took I took Rav Mike off the screen for a second. That's okay. No problem. Uh, but with all that, we do have an incredible Torah portion that we have to get to, and that Torah portion, the the, the Torah gives us strength to uh, get through all of the challenges that we face out there and as you can see by the picture that i have in the background it's uh, it's the pyramids and that's because we're going to really be talking about going down to egypt 
This is when Joseph uh, is going to duke it out, if you will, with Yehuda. Uh, and then after that, oh, here comes Rev Mike. Are Sorry. you back? Yeah, family first. Sorry, family hey. first. Hey, you know, with the, that, that's why that's why this technology allows that, and also it's good for them to see that that we put. You know, our family and our wives first. So Listen, good. I mean, if, if the COVID era has done anything, it's erased the boundary between work and, and the rest of life. True, true, uh, true. And that flows uh, in two directions. Oh, and I forgot to mention, did I mention that little thing that uh, there's a vaccine? But, right. But there's a new strain. So. Although, <laughs> God willing, the vaccine will work on it. But it is kind of scary just to think that this thing's out there, like, trying to get a step ahead of the whole process. I, Can, I, I don't I know. Just, I just want yeah. to be careful because I bet you know, I have a lot of folks on on Facebook here who are like vaccine bad or whatever it is. I, I, I am staying a little bit more agnostic on it all. I have never I have not from, from the beginning uh, dealt with the Corona, you know, what the truth of it is. Uh, okay. But we all understand. And you I think you understand as well, Mike, that even if this thing is a good vaccine, uh, it is still a, a, a machinery of control over us. Yeah, I mean, it's inevitable that as soon as you can make a requirement or if not a legal requirement, a functional requirement, your ability to travel and enter into public spaces, et cetera, dependent upon getting this vaccine, even though, you know, is likely to save many, many lives. I don't have enough trust for the systems of power that I want to further empower them to sort of curtail my liberty to do something which I, I actually want to do. I want to be clear, I plan on getting the vaccine when, when that times are not. But I, I don't like the power and control element. On that note, can I say something about the, the Supreme Court piece? Because of all those bitter pieces, the only one I think I have something to add of insight on is that is it's very important to understand what, what you meant when you said that the Supreme Court is right now passing judgment on the nation state law. Yes. But Israel Israel does not have a formal constitution in the way that, say, America does as a document which was created a priori upon which the government rests. Israel made a choice. You can listen to my episodes about it in Jewish story back in the beginning of season three, if I'm not mistaken. Um, made a choice to basically take what's called shitat salami in, in, in Hebrew, which is to pass basic laws along the way, which in their sort of cumulative form represent what's called entrenched law, law, which then all other laws are subject to. It's the Supreme Court that elevated certain of those basic laws, those entrenched laws, to be a formal constitution, meaning they themselves created that constitution. And now they are deciding whether something which the Knesset declared to be part of that basic law infrastructure indeed merits, means they're not judging the law according to a pre-existing constitution. They are simultaneously deciding whether this is included in a constitution which they themselves arrogated to themselves the right to decide on. So, like, this is, and as much as I'm sort of wary of making a statement like this, this is the death of democracy. You know, and and, and that phrase gets used a lot these days, and so therefore it's lost most of its sting. But I'm telling you right now, from a procedural standpoint, that's what's happening. Mm Mm-hmm. And and um, a disastrous situation. And 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 the the very fact that they're attacking the nation state law is in itself very telling. The nation state law really defines Israel as the nation state of the Jewish people. Basically, basically was there in order to be a countermeasure to the idea that Israel is just Jewish and democratic, and therefore those two values are equal. Saying no, when when there's a conflict between Jewish and democratic, it's first a Jewish state. That's why it was established. And now the Supreme Court, which usually leans more towards what they would call democratic, 
is is now going to go through the process of trying to uh, take out the teeth. Yeah. Right? Well, be specific. It was the Supreme Court that elevated the basic law for human dignity, and I forget exactly what the phrase of it is, to constitutional status. Meaning they you, they took it out of the normal basic law status and made it the standard by which the other judge all the laws. The nation state law was passed to force the Supreme Court to have balance, that there would be a companion to that. But now they're judging whether the Knesset has the authority to elevate under the law to that level, which they elevated. Right. It, it's this is judge, jury, and executioner, and it is <laughs> not a good day for our democracy. Right. Or for our ethnic state, whichever one you want to pick. Right. Even if you're not into the ethnic state, it's not a good day for your democracy either. Because when one branch of the government takes that type of power, if it works for you today, it might not work for you tomorrow. Oh, we're getting some requests for the Parsha? Okay. That's right. It's it's <laughs> personal, But before before we go on, uh, Rev. Mike, you know, you and I, we share a lot of things. We have a lot of things in common. Some things we're different upon. Sure. But there is there is one thing, though, that we really do share. One, one can, And everybody just looking at us right now can just see that. From, from any distance, which is we both have beards. This is true. And and therefore, we are <laughs> going to join the Aleph Male Jewish Beard Care Revolution. That's oh. right, okay? Uh, we're going to make our beards majestic with 100% natural beard oil and beard balm handmade in Israel. I am a, a big fan of the product, in fact. That's right. Wait, watch this. Uh, oh, here we go. Take it out. Oh. Okay, the... He's he's digging through his stuff. It's a little bit of a stretch to get there, but all the folks there it out is. there, there in it is. Radio Land. That's right. The beard, the beard bomb. You are showing it now uh, to, for all to see. And this is called Aleph Male, right? Which is like Alpha Male, but is it Aleph? But like, it's like, about know? Jewish masculinity. It's more than just a beard bomb. That's right. Uh, and guess what? Great, great news. If you go now to. Uh, Aleph Mail, you are going to, and, and you type in the special coupon, coupon code, Yishai10, 10%, okay? You uh, will get uh, your own Aleph Mail brand awesomeness for your beard. It smells good. It makes it feel good. It makes you a proud Jewish male guy uh, from the land of Israel with beard oil from the land of Israel. Sacred. You're a holy Jewish male. That's right. That's exactly right, okay? Uh, and so that's Aleph Mail. Thank you very much. And uh, Yishai10 is the coupon code, and they are proud sponsors of the show. And says Lou Weiss, he says, both of you have some gray hair. That is true. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Lou. Aleph Mail will not solve that, but it will make the gray like a strong gray. It will like, make it distinguished. That's right, like a wise. Like, that's a, that's distinguished. A, that's right. Distinguished. That's, a, that's not just a rabbi. That's a sage. Oh. <laughs> okay. Now, let's get on to the parsha before we make total fools of ourselves. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. But at least we'll do do it looking good. Uh, okay. And feeling good. Vayigash is, is a powerful Torah portion because it's really about, first it's about Judah approaching. May we approach the bench, Your Honor. And it's Judah who approaches the bench approaches this this vizier this king this the, uh, sem, uh, what's it called not king but uh, second in command is um, the vizier uh, yeah, vizier this but also a a wizard of of sorts Ooh. seemingly and he's going to approach him and basically tell him the story in his version about why he can't leave benjamin um uh down in egypt uh and not show up in front of his father jacob without bringing benjamin back home, uh, and Joseph is going to watch this, and he's going to hear this, and 
what he's going to say probably is that just like he is the son of Rachel and he and he saw his brothers cast him off and sell him, his brother Benjamin, a son of Rachel, is going to be treated very differently with kid gloves. We must return him to, to our father. We've got to do the right thing. And he sees that the brothers, represented now by a changed man, by a repentant man, Yehuda, Judah, uh, do something very, act very differently vis-a-vis Binyamin than they did to Joseph. And he's going to understand that, that something has changed. And then he's going to break down and cry and reveal himself to the brothers. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a, the sense of revelation, I think it's very powerful there. And that's a, not a small word that you threw out um, because, you know, this whole story has been driven by Joseph's dreams. Right. Right. And, and, and this sense he's had is since he was a small child, that there's something larger trying to come into the world through him. Um, but that really it was failures of relationship that were preventing it from finding its full expression. Whether it was Yako's failure in favoring Yosef, whether it was Yosef's failure in, you know, sort of like not understanding and appreciating his brothers, whether it was the brothers' failure, et cetera, I mean, keep going. And that's why the ultimate revelation of Joseph to his brothers, right? Don't forget in that last parsha, like, you know, you know, that he's, I'm, I'm seeking my brothers. Uh, you know, Achai, Anochi, what's it? Anochi, uh, Thank you. Right. That, that, that he's finally found them and in finding them and in fixing those relationships, it's really God's power, which is revealed because of course the natural response of his brothers is like, Oh my goodness. Now we're caught. Even if they've done tshuva, so to speak, and are now treating Benjamin properly, still they've got to look him in the face and say, yeah, last time we saw you, we beat you up in three in the, pit and sold you to Egypt. And he says, no, you didn't. God sent me to Egypt. Right. But that's the revelation. Right? The, 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 their fixing of the relationship allows him, probably for the first time ever, to fully accept that. I don't think you can undervalue that level at which he's able to accept that now that he's able to forgive his brothers. Right. Uh, and he's had a long time to, to work on it. Probably, oh. you know, minimally we're talking almost 20 years minimally and mm-hmm. he's had a long time to, to work on this. Uh, on the other hand, uh, well, let me just read one verse so that we can kind of get a little Hebrew in, uh, uh chapter 45, verse one, Mem Aleph, he could no longer withstand all the stuff that is upon him. He couldn't hold all, back, right? He, he couldn't hold pick. back the, all the weight that he feels. And he called out, Make everybody that's upon me leave. Meaning to say, everybody get out of the room. And there was no person with him. When Yosef revealed himself to his brothers. Um, it reminds me a little bit this verse of a verse that we talked about a few weeks ago, which is Jacob was alone and then he struggled with a person. So he's alone on the one hand and and... And right. on the other hand, is struggling here. Uh, he is uh, Yosef. Is there's no foreigners? All the the, the cast is away. It's just uh, it's just mano imano, right? Mano amano, right? It's just me and you. Uh, and and he showed himself who he was, and he cried. However, Egypt heard him cry. Like everybody heard it. It says veishmeu mitzrayim, veishma beit paro. The house of Pharaoh uh, heard that as well. And he says, and he says to them, Yosef, he says to, to his brothers, I am Joseph. 
is my father yet alive? And they couldn't answer him because they, they feared him. And in fact, the Medrash, great Medrash that I like a lot, says uh, he spoke to them the Holy Tongue. They're like, no, you're not Joseph. And he told them all kinds of stuff about their life. They're like, nah, anybody could know that. Then he's like, let me show you my circumcision. They're like, yeah. all right, you're Joseph. It's an awkward moment in Rashi. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, here, come. <laughs> let me prove to you that I'm your brother. It's like, really? Right, because really? they didn't believe it. Well, but then when they at saw what them, point was he like, okay, I'll prove it to you? <laughs> right. But 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 that it's kind of humorous. But on, but on a deeper way, I am part of the Abrahamic family. I'm not this Egyptian that you see before you. Uh, Listen, I, it's I, not I, a small thing. I mean, uh, for whatever whatever it's worth, in our world, being circumcised is fairly common, at least amongst Americans in general. I don't know about Europeans, but you can't under or sort of overstate the unique nature of what you're speaking about in ancient Egypt. Right. Right. Like, it was, this was it not was, a common phenomenon. Right. And, 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 and even to this day, uh, in some places, it's considered an abomination. Uh, a related theme is uh, the theme of uh, kashrut, ritual slaughtering. Uh, and we just saw that Belgium came out with a decision that, uh, that they're banning Jewish ritual slaughter and halal slaughter uh, yeah. in Belgium. It's just a similar example to these people who think that they have a superior morality and that, and that Jew, Jewish slaughter and Jewish circumcision is is something uh that's a barbaric yeah barbaric exactly uh so he shows them that um now every year i say this to you and i and i every year i feel the same way maybe i feel a little bit different about it this year i still find that the very things that made joseph um so off-putting to his brothers he still has exactly those very character traits those Mm -hmm. very character traits of being somewhat A person who does not realize that his words could offend and could seem haughty. He doesn't read the room well. He doesn't, which is funny, right? Because you think he's a master of reading the room. He knows how to talk to Pharaoh. He knows how to wield power in Egypt. But there's something about the way that he talks to his brothers, which is off-putting. And he's, and, um, um, you know, for example, um, Verse thirteen, Levi, tell you, tell our, tell my father, not our father, tell my father, at kol kvodi, all of my honor be Mitzrayim in Egypt, at kol sheraitem, and all that you have seen, umihartem veoratem etavihen, and you hurry up, now hurry, you better get on now, that's right, and bring my father down here. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's an uncomfortable every time I read that line in particular. Yeah. Kol kvodi, it's like, ooh, that's not a, yeah. a positive phrase. In I mean, that's a biblical. I mean, a, it's a it's a divine phrase. God says kol kvodi. You know, you way, know, humanity's not supposed to say that. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Just wanted to th- uh, sorry to to uh, to uh, to uh, in, uh, to bring in the other topic, but Nadia well, says that's Europeans, an interesting piece of information. She says Europeans and most Brits don't circumcise. Royal family does. Okay, I'm gonna just just gonna leave that one where it lay. But thank yeah. you for that point of yeah. information. I, I think I think that was a good snippet. But we can go on. Oh come on now! Just sing all those jokes. <laughs> Grow up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, uh, let's <laughs> let's. Go I'm on. not. Let it go. Moving on. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna tell Ben that at this number of minutes, cutting that out. That's right. Okay, <laughs> so. Um, so, but but maybe but maybe what I've tried to come to a different consciousness this year is um, maybe maybe the point is something that you just said a minute ago, which is even Joseph is a product of God. 
and his personality and his relationship and his story is engineered by God. And so therefore, even though you may not like on the interpersonal level his speaking patterns, his way, uh, you accept at this point that that's the way it is. And that in some ways, I've, I read once by Rabbi Nachman that I think a phrase that I liked very much. He's like, just like you can't exactly understand God, don't always expect to understand the righteous people. Sure. Um, I mean, you see actually uh, a strong support for what you're saying in next week's parasha when Yaakov Avinu finally passes away and the brothers are immediately afraid that Joseph's just been waiting for Yaakov to pass before he takes revenge and they come right. to Yosef and basically beg for mercy. You get from this the sense that as much as Yosef was welcoming and he wanted to make, you know, amends, etc., he was never really warm with them. Right. You know, it, it wasn't what he was about. Right? Exactly. He had stepped into his fullness Right. And he was he was going to take care of them. He was going to do right by them. He let go of, which is, by the way, let's just say a rather superhuman accomplishment, unless we undervalue his ability to let go of the fact that his brothers beat him up, threw him in a pit and sold him to slavery, right. <laughs> you know, and, and to really embrace the, the idea that God, you know, everything is in the hands of God. Right. So, so yeah. Um, it's understandable. So even, right. So, so, like, I'm going to have to deal with Joseph the way he is. Like, I'm not going to try to defeat him. I'm not going to try to change him. Like, it looks like that's what God wanted. And that's the way that's that. that. But at the same time, the challenge, Yehuda does pose a challenge uh, to Joseph. And our, our sages basically read it as, I'm going to negotiate with you. But if you don't like it, I'm ready for conflict and war. Oh, and yes. I'm a man of war. And I'm ready to fight you and Pharaoh. And to and to and to mess this place down. up, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that's that's a very important thing. In any case, um, let's keep going. Um, he shows favoritism to his brother Benjamin. Again, same thing. Which is this whole thing came because Jacob showed favoritism to Joseph. You're still do, you're doing the exact same thing now. Uh, but that's again my point is, which is like, okay, we're just gonna have to deal with it the way it is. Yeah. Um, and they go up to Jacob, and he, just like the brothers didn't believe it, so does Jacob not believe it. They said to him, Oh, Yosef, hi. Yosef is still alive. By the way, I, just today, because of the murder that happened, I gave money to the Oh, Yosef, hi, Yeshiva, oh, Yosef, hi, Yeshiva uh, in, 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 um, in, uh, in Alon Moreh, right? In the Moreh, yeah, yeah. It's not in Shechem anymore. And he says, and yeah, and he's ruling, all, and Yosef is ruling all of Egypt. And he didn't believe them. Vloyamilam. Nah, come on, guys. Come on, what do you take me for? What is this? Is this a joke? And they talked to him, and they told him everything that, that Yosef spoke. But then, He saw the carriages that Joseph had sent, and his spirit, The spirit of Yaakov was enlivened. He was reborn. Uh, and... Um, and and the, our rabbis have an explanation about why these carriages uh, were the ones that 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 woken him. But in simple, and the, the simple meaning is, he saw that it's real. There's like stuff. It's not just a story. Here comes mm -hmm. these carriages from Egypt, and they're they're coming to bring him down. So, and 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 that's a very impressive display of wealth and power. Right, right. It's like, like where, ten, where ten were the brothers? The brothers went down there to buy food. They're coming back right. with like huge covered wagons and you know and. and 
donkeys full of food and that's like whoa whoa right that's this this is real now everything yeah. is all good this is so great this is so great joseph is alive we're going to be reunited we're going to get through this famine like my son you know uh you know is is the ruler in egypt sure he's not a doctor but he's the ruler in egypt you know and, you know his brother's a doctor. His brother's a doctor. That's right. So he's, you know, but he's the ruler in Egypt. Everything is dandy. I'm going down. I'm going to live out the rest of my life. And, and Joseph is going to take care of me and the family. Everything's great. But there is one little wrinkle. And that wrinkle is we, the family of Israel, have to go down to Egypt yeah. and leave the land of Israel. And so to me, one of the most romantic uh, of all um, verses in the Torah reminiscent of when God calls Jacob back to the land of Israel when he's in Haran. And he says, Anuchi ha'el Beitel, I am the God of Beitel. Now God is going to appear to Jacob in another holy city. And that holy city is Be'er Sheva, his father's city, and his grandfather's city, Be'er Sheva, the, the, today called the capital of the Negev. Uh, and he's going to go down there on the way to Egypt. It's the last holy stop on the way to Egypt, this holy city of Be'er Sheva. And God is going to appear to him in the visions of the night. And he's going to call him out, Yaakov, Yaakov. He's going to say, and he's going to say, Vayomer Anuchi Ha'el. I have the same term as Anuchi Ha'el Beitel. He says, Vayomer Anuchi Ha'el, Eloi Avicha, Al Tira Mirda Mitzrayma. Don't be afraid of going, I am the forefather, I'm the, I'm the God of your father. Don't be afraid of going down to Egypt. Ki legoi gadol asimech Hashem, I'm going to make you into a great nation there. Anuchi iredimach Mitzrayma. I'll take you, I'll go down with you to Egypt. However, I'm going to bring you back up. Indeed, I will. And Yosef will close your eyes when you pass away. But I'm going to bring you back up and you will be buried uh, in, in, in Hebron at the tomb of the patriarchs and matriarchs of Hebron. I'll ensure that. But God says, I know this is a tough moment for you. On the one hand, you're going to see Joseph. But on the other hand, you're leaving the land of Israel. Don't worry. It's meant to be. And I'll bring you back to the good land. And in a certain sense, this is the um, closing bracket to the journey of the Avod. I mean, though the story's not over, and, and Yaakov will have his time in Egypt with Yosef, and the very important, you know, part of the lives ahead of his brachot. When you see this, Kilagoy Gadol Asim Hasham, right? That's the closing bracket to the promise with which this whole journey began. Right? That's God's promise. I'm going to make you a great nation in Eretz Israel. And now Yaakov's like, we're leaving Eretz Israel. I'm not a great nation. I've got a bunch of kids. It's impressive. But God says, no, no, no. This is where it's actually going to happen. Mm. This is where the transformation from, from family to people will take place. Wow. That's right. You know, so it's an important phrase there Very not good. to be missed. Very good. That's right. You're going to become a great nation, not just a great family, not just a lot of children, but the Goy Gadol. You're going to become a great nation, the Jewish nation. As you're explaining, they're going to be really formed in Egypt, and the great birth of the nation is the is the splitting of the Red Sea. Um, I wanted to just throw out one more um, thought to you, which is, it's actually something very important to me personally, which is, I actually think that Pharaoh also has dreams that he understands what they mean. And what his dream is, we all know it's about the seven years of plenty and seven years of, of, uh, of famine. But my explanation is different. I think that what he's really dreaming is you Jews are going to come into Egypt and we're going to swallow you. 
Mm. You're going to get swallowed up in Egypt. And our culture is going to swallow you up. And there won't be any remnant of you left. That's why he dreams about the cows. The cows of Egypt. The ones that he says, I've never seen ones like this in Egypt. But that's Egypt. Uh, will swallow the shore, which is which is Joseph. He's represented by, by an ox. We're going to swallow you up. And the sheaves uh, of... Um, uh, mm-hmm. of, of unhealthy corn, uh, unhealthy wheat is going to swallow the healthy wheat. Uh, by the way, my proof is, one of my proofs is that the word bekane echad, uh, which, which is the healthy corn, the healthy wheat that gets swallowed up, comes in, in one stalk, separates into seven. That word only appears uh, about the menorah. It, 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 the Balaturim says that it only appears on one other time, which is two times here and one time there, which is this seven, this uh, is like the menorah. So e- anyway, Egypt, seven, not, yeah. Egypt is going to swallow up, swallow you guys up. So when Pharaoh hears that, 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 that it's time for Jacob to come down, he says, I'm commanding you to bring them down. But Joseph sets, sets out immediately a plan to separate the Jews, a separate place for them to live in the land of Goshen, um, a separate uh, behavior pattern, which is that they are shepherds, and that is the bane of Egypt. It's somehow uh, disgusting to Egypt to have shepherds because I guess the sheep, the cattle are the gods of Egypt. Uh, And so there's an immediate attempt at the end of the Torah portion to uh, make sure that the Jews are not Egyptians and that they're separated and not swallowed uh, in Egypt, like the dreams of Pharaoh. Yes, yeah, it's, it's part of that power of God's promise to Yaakov that God will not only go down with Yaakov, but bring him back up, mm-hmm. right? And then when Yaakov fulfills that promise, as we'll speak about next week, or when the sons fulfill that promise on the behalf of God for Yaakov by bringing him back to the to the patriarchs and the matriarchs, right? It's because you're not from here. Mm. And this is why this is the archetype of exile. Remembering that exile is only exile if you believe you are other than where you belong. Right. And so what Yosef has to keep alive in the minds of the brothers and then their descendants is you do not belong here. Even though you're settling here and it's great here and, and it's, it's gonna, we're going to save you from the famine, etc., etc. Exile is an internal belief that I am not where I belong. Right. And, and another way that they do that, all of them, is by making themselves look a little bit smaller to Egypt. It's like we're not that special and we're, we're different than you and you don't, you know, we're not. And, and the most famous scene is that finally two great, you know, a great summit occurs. Jacob meets Pharaoh. Right. This is like an awesome, like an awesome, you know, it's the meeting of, you know, Putin and Trump. It's uh, I pictured it's, Yoda and the emperor, actually. Okay. Okay, Yoda and the Emperor, or uh, you know whatever. We, there's many movies where where it's like uh, you know the, the the final the final showdown or the or the final meeting, um, and uh, Pharaoh says, uh, "Gosh, how old are you?" <laughs> it's a great moment, huh? Right. It's interesting. You, you know, it's interesting. I just connected this now. Pharaoh is the only person in the whole Bible that we know that has a birthday. Yeah. So and he's like, but presumably everyone else did too. But he's the only one we get <laughs> celebrating it. <laughs> celebrated a birthday, and he's like, and, and and maybe he's a little bit preoccupied with age. He's like, so how old are you exactly? Well, I mean, we know this of the Egyptians. I mean, that picture behind you of the pyramids is a monument to how much the Egyptians 
um, sort of like worship. Either you could see as worshiping life and fearing death. You could see as worshiping death. But certainly, it was important to them that there be a lasting monument. You know, right? those are crypts that are behind you. Right. Any society right. whose leaders build such a monument to their own life or death, depending on how you look at it, is quite concerned about age. Yeah. It's. It would be fun to think about the tension between the pyramids and the tomb of the patriarchs and how they work differently and how they're remembered yeah, differently. That is actually a very interesting parallel. You're because, right. Yeah, because, because these are both like, I think about, the only difference is, is that you like, Egyptology is like, I was studying a little bit this week, very, it, it's, it's long and hard to understand and different kingdoms and different monar- uh, dynasties and all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, but in any case, uh, there's definitely a tension there. In any case, Jacob's answer is, uh, Jacob says to Pharaoh, The years of my sojournings are 130 years. Few and bad were the days of my, were the years of my life, days of my life. And I did not reach the life of my forefathers when they sojourned. Vayivarech Yaakov at Paro. Yaakov blessed Pharaoh. Vayitzem Yidafnei Paro, and he left Pharaoh. Uh, today, I think I understand why. I always used to. I was so troubled by this. Like, here's your chance to say how God is great. Instead, he's like, "Ay, my life. Don't ask. Crass. Don't ask. Don't even ask. Ay. <laughs> don't even ask. Forget about it." <laughs> uh, but I think the answer is actually a Sephardic answer. It's a Bliain Hara answer. Right, like no, 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 no. Yeah, no, no, nothing special here. Nothing to look at. I mean, there's also, by the way, some very sort of uh, real politic wisdom in this, in that that um, you don't want to appear in any way competitive with Paro. Right. That's this right. is not That's right. this is not going to end well for anybody. Right. Uh, and then there is uh, one of the most enigmatic parts of the Book of Genesis, which is Joseph's economic manhandling reorganization reorg- yeah economic reorganization wealth distribution it's almost uh, a keynesian economic <laughs> approach <laughs> well it, it, i mean but there is something economic that's happening here that's for sure uh, it's a it's a complete restructuring of egypt's economy into a slave nation right owned so like, personally by paro right which all comes from the realization of pharaoh's dreams which joseph interpreted which he understood that the famine is going to keep going. And so instead of kind of making sure that everybody's going to make it through this period on their feet, it's exactly the opposite. He turns them into... Dependents. Dependents. Serfs. And slaves. Serfs. This is serfdom. Serfs, I think. Yeah, it's a serfdom. I think yeah, yeah, serfdom he, he's literally, because he purchases right. the land, then he purchases the people, and then he makes sure that the people that have to work the land continually and give a portion of their labor to Paro. So yeah, I mean... So yeah. Right. Yesterday, Eugene Kantorovich, my good friend, uh, who who prays with me in the same synagogue, says to me, he goes, "Well, mida keneged mida," and I like uh, the uh, what's how do we translate that? The it's a karmic, measure for measure, literally. Uh, the measure for measure. The the karmic result of that is is that the Jewish people became enslaved. So he enslaved Egypt, and then the Jews became enslaved. I'm like, no, I don't think it's measure for measure. I think it's like he set it up so that the Jews would become enslaved. Well, I mean, this is all meaning it's all from God. And we do say that God works. Right. Um, 
I'm hesitant to apply midah, kneged midah in this context because it's usually meant to understand, like you, even though I, you know, I don't love the reference to the karmic cycle because I don't think we need it. I mean, midah, midah is its own phenomenon, but it's usually one's actions returning to them, God paying us out in the way in which we act in the world, like this notion of the responsive creation. But here, it's a little bit different because this is not something Joseph does to the Egyptians and therefore has done to Am Yisrael, right? This is, I think, in many ways, an important historical record of a shift that Egyptian society went through. To the extent that we have sort of extra-biblical historical context for the story of the Yosef and the brothers and then ultimately the Exodus. It has to do with the shepherd kings, the Hyksos, who were sort of like foreign migrant rulers over Egypt, who essentially reorganized society to their benefit. And 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 on one hand, that allowed the Jews to come in and live. I mean, Paro says, you'll live off the fat of the land. Are you going to, you know, literally... Like, what, what do you mean you're a little fat of the land? Like, what, in the middle of a famine, you're going to invite foreigners in to live the best part of the land? That doesn't happen unless you yourself was a foreigner and you're basically building your power base. And and, and Yosef just does what he's commissioned. I mean, on some level, a, what's he supposed to do? He's not going to give away the grain for free. That type of sort of economic altruism that you implied, he wants to make sure that everyone gets through on their feet. That's an anachronism. Well, well, that's an anachronism. Yes, well, they live yes, in a society. Yes. They live in yes, a society yes. in which the the people of the land are are a step above cattle in the eyes of Taro and his aristocrats. I'm not saying that it's morally, you know, desirable. I'm just talking about the sort of reality. Yes, but the Torah is, I think, kind of showing us this thing. I don't. I don't think that the way this Torah is portraying it is this. This is an awesome thing that happened. It's kind of no. It, on some level, it's the natural conclusion of these sort of um, monarchical agricultural societies that they oppress humanity. And in many ways, it serves as a warning for whatever society, the great nation that is produced by it. I mean, yes. Just think about it. Yes, just but why it. is it that Yosef is doing that? That's the question here. Okay, like everything you're saying is good. But uh, like Joseph, uh, like he's the emissary to do that? Because Gamzomi et Hashem, right, does it? Right. This is also from God, and 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 we've seen consistently as a theme through through Breshi that that creating the right conditions or making the right decisions does not come without cost. This is the conditions, as you says, which will be the core barzel, the uh, sort of iron crucible that will forge Am Yisrael into a nation. But making such a vessel is a critical act. It doesn't mean it's without now without cost. And, and, and proves again that Joseph is an incredible catalyst in history. Yes. Like he is the Jew that, that serves the role as catalyst, as societal change, as, as, and he changes the story of the Jewish people and he star- changes the story of Egypt. Yes. Uh, and, and there's something about this man, and that's, that's Me'at Hashem. That's the point. Like, I'm not, like, Joseph is like, I'm not really just me. I'm really, I'm really my role is as a catalyst in history. Uh, that's what I do. And maybe that's also why I'm not so interpersonal, if you will. Yeah. Um, my, my thing is different. I'm, I'm here to I'm here to bring the 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 God's will enacted through history. A new uh, world order. A new world order. A new world order. Uh, if people want to hear more about Jewish history, there's no better place than your uh, other other podcast here on the Land of Israel Network and on your website, 
uh, RavMike.com and JewishStory.co, which is the Jewish Story podcast. Uh, my sure. brother, my brother Josh, has become an avid listener of your show, and he loves it a lot. Uh, so that's really fun. Uh, and also, we have fabulous uh, folks that make this show possible. Uh, our sponsors today, uh, we're featuring Aleph Mail, which is AlephMail.com with a PH, right? A L E P H. Aleph Mail, like Alpha Mail, but Aleph Mail. It's 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 makes your beard fabulous, uh, majestic. And I, I would add sage-like uh, with 100% natural beard oil and beard balm handmade in Israel. And if you go to AlephMail.com, type in coupon code Yishai10, uh, you will be – you will really be um, – Pleasantly surprised. You'll be – yes, you, that's right. You will, you will just smell better and that's really great and be a stronger, a stronger man with the, the light of Israel. And also, uh, let's say more for women but still also for men, uh, our good friends at um, – Salves of Jerusalem. Salves of Jerusalem make fabulous creams and salves that will make your body feel healthy. Also, all made in Israel uh, and with, with things like myrrh. Remember, don't mind the myrrh next time. <laughs> this time, yeah. mind the myrrh. That is what I say. Okay? Mind the myrrh. Hey, right? <laughs> so that's that's at salvesofjerusalem.com. Coupon code Yishai. Once again, we'll give you 10% off. Uh, they're really fun sponsors for the show. Uh, and uh, maybe one last sponsor are our good friends at Blessed by Israel, blessedbyisrael.com. Go to Blessed by B-U-I. You buy something, you're blessed by Israel, and get something awesome. A lot of people listened to me and got their olive oil for Hanukkah from the land of Israel. Uh, and uh, there's uh, lots of gift-giving reasons coming up. Uh, let's get ready for Tu Bishvat, by getting, uh, uh, which is really the next holiday in about a month and a half. Uh, so get something from Blessed wow. by Israel. Also, coupon code Yishai will give you 12, like the 12 tribes off. Uh, 12%, like the 12 tribes. You know what I mean. Um, I got you. That's right. Uh, Rev Mike Foyer, I want to wish you a, uh, a happy um, post-Hanukkah. Okay, happy. Re- <laughs> a gesunter winter. Yeah, gesunter winter, a rematriculation into regular non-vacation life. Um, Whew. It's a slow transition. We, we need your prayers, Rev Mike, and everybody that's listening right now. For a stronger, better Israel, it's clear that we are going through a bit of a, shall we say, um, a bumpy patch uh, yeah. in the near future with maybe a rise, God forbid, in terrorism. There were two attacks yesterday. I forgot to mention there was an attack also in the old city. Yeah, so attempted shooting. Two terrorist attacks, that's right. Uh, and we also have political issues, and we may have issues with the new American administration. And so, uh, and so all that together makes for a time that we need prayer. Not to right? mention the pandemic thing. Oh, that little pandemic thing that I that I mentioned. That Global my brother, disruption. My brother, my, my brother's wife was supposed to fly uh, to to, uh, to to see her mother, and she was locked out because the planes are not flying. Uh, and so, um, and and says uh, Kobe says can't forget about the attack on the Hilltop Youth by the Israeli police. We talked about that in the beginning. So lots of issues right now that we need to kind of flush out in the process of of maturing. Uh, into who we are, which is the Jewish people in the land of Israel. The one light is the continuation of the Abraham Accords, including today's historic flight uh, on El Al from Israel to Morocco, and really a reproach month there that is long in coming because Morocco and Israel have long had you know, good feelings. Uh, and and now, very important secret diplomatic relations. That's right. Secret, Morocco secret has diplomatic relations. played that's right. some key roles in time for the last decades. That's right. Oh, I got a story from you from Morocco. Before you go, last story, okay? Can you can you wait for one more minute, Rav Mike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let her rip. Okay. I heard the story uh, this past Shabbat. Uh, 
um, the Baba Sali, uh, Rabbi Abu Chatzera, was once doing Kiddush Lavana at the very last day that you can uh, for uh, sanctifying the new moon. And there were clouds over that new moon. And the Sephardim, they don't say uh, the blessing of new moon if it's covered even a little with clouds. So he takes out his hanky and he goes, and the clouds kind of erase from the sky. And everybody's like, whoa. And they say the blessing. And he puts his hanky away. The clouds come right back. And they say to him, that was a miracle. And he goes, yeah, that is a miracle. But let me tell you why I had that miracle happen to me. Because 25 years ago, when I was much younger, 25 years ago, I heard where we were living in Morocco, I heard uh, it was exactly the same situation. It was the last day to say the blessing on the new moon. And I heard, oh, I looked up to the sky and I saw that it was cloudy. And I said, we can't do it. But I heard that if you take the train to Marrakesh, Three days train ride. The Marrakesh the, Express. The Marrakesh Express. <laughs> the Marrakesh Express. That if you take this train ride over there, the clouds don't penetrate the mountains and you could say it. So I took the train to Marrakesh and then and the cl- there were no clouds there. And I was able to say the blessing for my whole community. And it's because I made that extra effort back then that God has given me the power for miracles today. I think that, nefesh. Yeah. The moral of the story is right. Self-sacrifice and a real effort towards sanctity and holiness in this great time that we're living with, uh, living in. Rav Mike Foyer, thank you for all your great work. Please check out jewishstory.co and Rav Mike. Uh, Rav Mike. Dot com. Dot com. There we go. That's just that simple. All right. Thanks so much. God bless you, everybody. Sh- can I even say Shabbat Shalom already? It's just. Yeah, come on. It's not even Wednesday. Oh, go for it. Reb Shulman used to say good Shabbos, the Motzei Shabbos. That's right. Shavua Tov and Shavua Tov and Shabbat Shalom. And good vintage. God bless you, Reb Mike. Thank you so much. Amen. All right, folks. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Yishai Fleischer Show. Thank you to Malka Fleischer. Thank you to Rav Mike Foyer. And thank you for being with us till the end here. Write me an email, Yishai at YishaiFleischer.com or YishaiTheLandOfIsrael.com. Hashtag post Hanukkah blues hashtag 10th of Tevet hashtag uh, uh, Corona blues uh, hashtag uh, fourth elections whatever you want to talk to me about I really would love to hear from you because that is a great way of supporting us emotionally you could also uh, uh, support us physically uh, by f- spiritually by praying for us and we'll pray right back for you and physically by donating at yishaifleischer.com forward slash support makes a big difference rate us highly on uh, on wherever podcast system you're using also makes a big difference to get it out through the net waves uh, to the world and the high rating makes uh, makes other people see it and makes the almighty algorithm work in our favor work in the favor of Torah but more than anything folks we always ask you stay connected to the God of Israel who is broadcasting 24 he is the ultimate sponsor of our show so we can't thank anybody but him for our life for this time for the land of Israel for the Torah of Israel for the people of Israel and for the light of Israel that's coming out to you wherever you are so lots of love and lots of blessings from the land of blessings and Shalom Enhance your faith, deepen your understanding, align your destiny with the Land of Israel. Every Sunday, the Land of Israel Fellowship features a live interactive Zoom session hosted by Jeremy Gimpel. 
That's the Land of Israel Fellowship, bringing the Torah from Judea to the world. For more information, visit thelandofisrael.com slash fellowship.